The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1984, Episode 3, Undesirable Elements. In this episode, we will cover the months June through September. Yeah, 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 in my life. 
Over in the UK on June 9th on the London weekend television show, Aspel and Company, Paul McCartney and Tracy Allman are the guests of host Michael Aspel. Well, my, my next guest appears in the Guinness Book of Records as the world's most successful recording artist. He recently described himself as a man who sings, which is a, a bit like calling Tarzan a keen gardener. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul McCartney. Before, you? Yeah. Never seen him before, no, in my life. <laughs> When's the first time you saw Paul? Oh, that, I never told you this, Paul, but I saw you when I was five. <laughs> oh, God. And I sat underneath my seat and cried because it was too painful for me, and I threw a gonk at you. <laughs> I, I remember you. I was, I, remember you. I, was, I was with my boyfriend, Adam Wood, who was six. <laughs> I was really grown up, and I just went to pieces. Uh, that was the first time I saw him. You said he was sick. That was when we <laughs> And when was the first time you actually met them? You've worked together, haven't you, Paul? Yes, we've just done a film together. Yeah. A film. And she's in it. She plays this bird who cries all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's called Give My Regards to Broad Street. To Broad Street, yeah. 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 This is your own idea, the whole thing, obviously. Yes. <laughs> so I writ it. <laughs> <laughs> this also, I'm told, contains, for both of you, your first screen kiss. Really? It's more a peck. <laughs> You don't remember it? It's not um, really. It's a sort of just a little. Well, she's crying all the time. I can understand that that's. Oh, this is it, yes. But, uh, on you now. Oh, God, you've done it now. You've done it now. Can't take it anywhere. Well, I hope you're feeling nice and relaxed because uh, there's something I'd like to suggest to you because it, it might act as an inspiration to the people who are going to paint the Buddy Holly pictures because Ken and the lads have got one of the tunes there and I wondered if we could all. Do a little sort of sing along, perhaps, to one now of the tunes. Just... What do you like about it? Are you going? Did that be the when you make me cry? Where hell you say you're gonna leave? You know you love me, baby, until you tell me maybe that someday, well, I'll be through. That'll be the day when you say goodbye, yeah, that'll be the day when you make me cry, you say you're gonna leave, you know it's a life, that'll be the day when I die. Thank you very much, Paul, it's wonderful. Thank you very much, Tracy, it's been a great evening. Thank you, Michael. Next week's guests are Bill Wyman, Charlotte Brantling, and George Siegel. Bye for now. Thanks again. Thank you. I didn't know you could sing, Michael.
over in America in Palm Beach, Florida. If you're in the market for a new home and you've got an extra few million lying around, perhaps you'd like to buy a mansion in Palm Beach. Yoko Ono just put on the market the mansion she and John Lennon bought 11 months before he died. The asking price, $8 million. Who's going to buy a house like this? That's a very interesting question because we would like to know too. I think just analyzing the various beautiful mansions in Palm Beach, there's such a diversity of owners. It could be anyone in the field of business, anyone who's in the entertainment field, or uh, perhaps a foreigner. Uh, there's such a diversity that it'll be interesting to see who actually buys this one. The Lennons bought the 22-room mansion known as El Solano for $725,000. It had been run down from years of neglect, so the Lennons were going to spend millions restoring it as a winter getaway. After Lennon's death, Yoko Ono went ahead with the restoration. Now, after two years and several million dollars, the mansion is exactly how it looked in 1919 when it was built. From the morning pool and giant bay windows facing the ocean to the evening pool and the hand-carved woodwork, everything has been redone. Everything from the electricity, the plumbing, the roofing, the painting, the beautiful millwork, all the windows, everything has been replaced and restored historically to what it originally was, but is basically new. Diggs says there haven't been any offers yet on the mansion, but one thing is certain, people who can afford such luxury don't worry about financing. Teen room estate of serial heiress Marjorie Merriweather Post. It's on the market for $13.5 million. By the way, there's a nine-hole golf course on the property, and the upkeep for maintenance and gardening will run you a million and a half dollars a year. A Cleveland businessman recently paid $4.2 million for the mansion next door to Lennon's. It was once owned by Mary Woolworth Donahue. Name sound familiar? If you can't quite afford the price of a house in Palm Beach, perhaps you should consider a vacant lot. This quarter acre, complete with weeds, is going for a mere $325,000. Also on June 9th, over in Holland, the Dutch Beatles fan club, Beatles Unlimited, holds its fifth annual Beatles celebration convention at the Treslong Television Studio in Hillegom, Holland. This is the same studio that the Beatles appeared in 1964, 20 years ago. Special guest at the convention is drummer Jimmy Nichol. Jimmy was not only a member of the 60s beat group, the Shub Dubs, but he also subbed for Ringo during the Beatles' 1964 tour when Ringo was in a London hospital recovering from tonsillitis. Mm -hmm. 
On July 4th, America celebrates Independence Day. In Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, rumors circulate in the press that the band The Beach Boys may have Ringo Starr as a guest on drums. The show that was about to begin almost never happened. Apparently, in 1983, Interior Secretary James Watts banned hard rock music, including the Beach Boys, from playing at the National Mall. Both Congress and the Reagan administration criticized that decision. Interior Secretary Watts said that they would bring an undesirable element, such as drugs and alcohol, to our nation's capital. President Reagan and his wife Nancy are fans of the Beach Boys and harshly criticized James Watts and awarded him a plaster foot with a hole in it. This is shoot yourself in the foot. And where did you get it from? The president handed it to me. The president, and what was Mrs. Reagan's involvement? She said that the Beach Boys were fans of hers and her children had grown up with them and they were fine, outstanding people and that uh, there should be no intention to indicate that they caused problems, which I... James Watts said no to the Beach Boys in 83, saying that music like theirs appealed to an undesirable element. But after visiting the White House, he changed his view. The president is a friend of the Beach Boys. He likes them, and I'm sure when I get to meet them, I'll, I'll like them. National Airport, Washington, D.C. The Beach Boys return. Like a month ago, no one knew that there was a show. Three weeks ago, we weren't sure who was doing the show. And two weeks ago, we didn't think there was going to be a show. Ten days ago, they told us we were all set to go. Twenty years ago, if I told you that in 1984, you were going to play before maybe two, three hundred thousand people in the Washington Monument grounds, what would you say? Well, I don't know. It's an honor to be American. Mike, Mike would probably say, no, it's going to be more like a million. <laughs> but it's going to be the biggest show that's ever happened here. More acts, larger stage, more sound, more and more. By the way, what's the latest product? Well, you know, they started out at 500,000, then I heard a park police guy say last week when he saw the magnitude of the show that it could go 750, and then one of the guys was saying, heck, I, they might have a million people out here. This is the United States of America. It's just unbelievable that we can get together and do these things. And uh, it's a big thrill for us to be here doing this. We're not trying to break any records. We're just trying to get all this music together on one stage. Yeah, what, what I like about it is we, we show to the world, from America, that there's black, white, country, Hispanic. There's every major demographic, uh, uh, every ethnic, logical, musical group represented there uh, in unanimity and harmony and good vibrations. So. Why are you here? Because of the Beach Boys. Yeah, I got my friends. What song are you going to be playing with them? I've no idea. I've just arrived. Just arrived. They do run, run, I hope. <laughs> it's still exciting, isn't it? Oh, it's great. <laughs> Hey, look, we saw oh, sorry, I'll do it this way. We saw a Oh, I'll just do it. 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 Oh, I'll just do it.
from England today, some friends of ours from the Moody Blues. Here for John Lodge and Justin Hammond. Gentlemen, take your mics. Man, your mics. Oh boy, we got a lot of armaments. Our Blue Jays. Okay, we always like to dedicate this song from all of us to all of you. And today, uh, I'm going to include my brother Dennis. Dennis Wilson just really was a great guy. And uh, we think about him a lot these days. Thank you. And if you know this, sing with us, okay? Then let me hear one thing loud so we'll finish this one up. God is 
On July 28th, at Air Studios in London, McCartney spends the day mixing a disco dance version of his song, No More Lonely Nights.
In the beginning of September over in America and in the UK, Mercury and Polygram Records released the album EB84 by the Everly Brothers. You need me, but we both know it's a lie. You need 
McCartney is asked about the Everly Brothers and how he got involved in their new album. Another bunch of people you admire are the Everly Brothers, or at least two people, hardly a bunch. You half a bunch. Half a bunch, indeed. You wrote their last hit, didn't you? How did that come about? Uh, Dave Edmonds, who's in uh, the film Give My Guard to Broad Street, that we just made. Um, plug, plug. Dave Edmonds uh, said to me that the Everlys had asked him to produce a record. And he said he was, going, he was just ringing around a lot of people asking them if they wanted to contribute in writing. So I said, yeah, please, you know, because I've, they were one of the very first acts that influenced people like me, along with Elvis, Little Richard, Chuck Berry. Um, the Everly's were a very special thing. I think it's where the Beatles got the two, two people in harmony thing. John and I were the Everly's, really, mm. when we started up. A lot of people, um, most people when they start up, I think they imitate someone, and we did. And one of our imitations, really, was the Everly's. So when I got asked to write a song, it was, it was a privilege and an honor. When I love, I get a feeling like I'm traveling through the sky On the wings of a nightingale As I ride, my head
You must have been quite chuffed that they decided to uh, team up again as well. Yeah, I was. Um, they'd had a lot of problems, you know, uh, brothers. Sometimes it's a difficult situation. I know I've got a brother, you know, and you can argue. You know, it's, mm. a, it's a strange thing, really. Because you don't want to argue, but you find yourself in conflicting situations. So I was glad to hear that they were getting back together. Uh, I think a lot of people in my generation always wanted the Everleys to get back together. You know, it was always uh, something we wanted. I suppose later generations always wanted the Beatles to get back together. It had been that kind of dream for us to get the Everleys back. So when we knew they were going to do it and Dave asked me, I jumped at the chance. I said, give me a week, see if I can come up with anything, you know. And I said, because I didn't want to come up with something that I thought was wrong. 
So I just, uh, in that week, I came up with uh, On the Wings of a Nightingale. When I love, I get a feeling like I'm traveling through the sky. On the wings of a nightingale. Then I liked it, and the Everleys liked it. That was the main thing. It sounded just like an Everly Brothers record. It did, didn't it? Yeah. In America on Saturday, September 8th, MTV broadcasts an MPL short titled Buddy Holly, The Music Lives On. The special is also broadcast in the UK as it kicks off MPL's Buddy Holly Week. Martha Quinn. In a period of only two years, Buddy recorded a string of hits including uh, Rave On, Peggy Sue, Not Fade Away, Maybe Baby, That'll Be the Day, Charles Harden Holly, a.k.a. Buddy. The name of Buddy Holly's band was The Crickets, and four young lads in Liverpool, England, who were very influenced by Buddy, borrowed the name, twisted it around a little, and came up with The Beatles. One of those four musicians was Paul McCartney, and Paul put this special together. It's called Buddy Holly. The music lives on. All of my love, all of my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. Oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Oh boy, the world can see that you are my for me. All of my life, I've been waiting, tonight there'll be no hesitating, oh boy. Oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Oh boy, the world can see that you What I do, I've got to do in two years, he told us. And I said, why? And he said, well, because in about two years, well, my popularity will be over with and done for, and I'll be through. All of my love, all of my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. Oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Oh boy, the whole world can see that September 10th in London, MPL presents Buddy Holly Week. For the event, Paul and Linda dress up as 1950s rock and rollers. This year's competition asks fans to draw portraits, sketches, or drawings of Buddy. Paul McCartney. It was uh, just to get people to sort of do pictures of Buddy Holly, you know, because we have Buddy Holly week each year for a week. And um, it, was, it was cooked up on the Aspel show, yes. and uh, we just invited people to write, uh, to do lots of these portraits, and they did. Now, why art? I mean, I know 
we've enjoyed Buddy Holly weeks for several years, but why pictures this time? Are you more interested this year, or is there a special reason? In art, no, the truth is, it's just a different idea. You know, each year you've got to think of something new, Eve. <laughs> so it's almost as bad as TV. We welcome a man who looks 47 years younger than his actual age, and his actual age is 107. Oh, oh! Hey, he is wonderful. from Walton on the Nays, age 76. Winner of a thousand pounds, Albert Waller. Oh. 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 Buddy's widow, Maria Alina Holly. They're my favorites. I have many, but really the song that Buddy and I really loved and that he sang to me every day uh, was True Love Ways. And that was a song that he sang, um, that he wanted me to learn, really, even to sing it. It felt like he composed that song for me, really. Just you know why Why you and I Will by and by On September 13th in America and September 21st in the UK, 
Polygram Records released the album Every Man Has a Woman by various artists. I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, Eddie Money. Thank you, Yoko. It's a real pleasure to, uh, to have the opportunity to work with you. I've been a big fan of yours and John's ever since the wedding album, which was a while back. I mean, shows mm-hmm. my age, so people say, but I mean, I, I love your material. That was before my time. <laughs> I love your material. Actually, it was the, I got, wound up doing, um, moving on because it was like the only tune left, I was told. I missed like five or six tunes, but I feel very lucky and fortunate to get uh, moving on because it was my favorite tune. I just, it's got a hooky, it's got a really hooky line to it. Like it swings. It was like your song. Yeah, and actually now kid, it's it is your song. Yeah, it's you know. great, and the kids really like it live. It really, it's got that kind of like a new wave feel to it. It's, it's different than the material I do, but when I swing into it, it's like you know, it's ours actually. You know, right. we're sharing it, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but, but I, I think it. it's going to be known as Eddie's song, and it's beautiful. Thank you very much, Yoko. It's really it's been a gas doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a pleasure to. Uh, to be involved with the project. Well, I think, you know, one thing that I'm very thrilled is that uh, a lot of fans out there uh, who now understand you, too, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of fans on your own, and this is sort of like crossover in a way, you know? Yeah. And it's really nice because uh, we were always saying uh, it's one world, one people, and all that. But this is uh, really doing that. And then we were coming together, which is beautiful, I thought, you know. I think it's great. The song, to me, reminds me of uh, sometimes I have differences with Mark and stuff. And, like, being an artist myself, the song seems very personal. It sounds like a note that you'd leave somebody on a refrigerator or something. It just sounds like a disagreement or something in the tune, and it works out in the tune, and the tune flows in two different directions. It's, it's, uh, That's very astute of him. I mean, it was actually all the songs that John and I wrote. Uh, we're just sort of exchanging little notes, you know. <laughs> that That's what it was. Yeah. So you're right. I think that we know each other a bit more. And there was such a beautiful communication going between us. And I enjoyed this that very much, you know. Uh, I want to thank everybody for it's It's really fantastic. And it's great to just have the opportunity to introduce the song that Yoko wrote and I had the privilege to do on the record, Every Man Has a Woman, and it's called Moving On.
love, peace, and understanding, as Elvis Costello said. What's so funny about love, peace, and understanding? You know, it was sort of natural for me. <clears throat> I I understood the lyrics very very well and the message, and uh, I felt that um, the best. 
performance that I could give to the choice of material that was available would be with a song that gave me a chance to to say something that I thought I understood very well. Um, and it was easy for me. I thought it would be um, unexpected of me to do that sort of treatment with the song. And that was another nice part of... Uh, of the whole, you know, creative process to have a chance to do something that uh, was right, I felt, and at the same time would not be expected by most people. It's obviously a ballad, and um, everybody knows how I feel about ballads, how I love them. And it would have been easy, I think, just to treat the song as a straight ballad, lush strings and, you know, sort of warm, beautiful chords and things like that, and just to, to go through it. But I decided not to do it that way, to do it like this. Goodbye, Sadness.
very uh, sort of fragile song, and um, it wasn't very hard to get to at all. I loved it. It's a happy song now, and that's one thing that I really wanted to do. I mean, I'm saying goodbye, sadness, uh, so I can just go forward. But I couldn't say it myself. In in the way I said it was. Uh, too sad, you know, because I still couldn't come out of it. And she did it for me. Oh, that's nice. Another one of our very special guests live in New York is Roseanne Cash, uh, daughter of Johnny Cash, and as you know in her own right, a, a star and a successful recording artist. And Roseanne, now you and Yoko are friends. Now, how did that happen? What, how well, did you two get together? <laughs> do you know, it's a, it was an honor for me to be asked on this project. I don't even think Yoko knows this, but I was reading about over a year ago. I was reading in Rolling Stone that this album was about to take place, and you were assembling people for the for the album. And I said to my husband, "God, I just love to be involved with that project." The next day, David Chef called me. He's a friend beautiful. of yours, Thank and he you said, "He again. said Yoko likes your work, and she wants you to be on this album." Well, you know, it just blew my mind. I couldn't believe it, and. Um, I felt very strongly about the song you suggested, which is Nobody Sees Me Like You Do. And the producer I originally wanted to work with didn't didn't want me to do that song. And I felt strongly about it, and so did my husband Rodney Crowell. And so we ended up, you know, working on it together. Trace of life, being a wife and a wife. 
Roseanne Cash and a beautiful thing. Uh, Yoko's Nobody Sees Me Like You Do. And another person uh, with Roseanne and with Roberta Flack and Harry Nielsen, who's live with us here in New York this night, is Klaus Vorman, who goes back a long way with everybody involved here. And we all go back with Klaus Vorman and into the future, too, because you've given us a lot of good music. And we welcome you, Klaus Vorman. Thank you. Thank you. You produced uh, Wake Up, track that's um, on the album, performed by Trio, on the album Every Man Has a Woman, and uh, we're going to play that right now, Wake Up. Wake Up. Wake Up, the sun is out, singing, I know, good times are coming our way, I know you were afraid of me, and would not the world so open your eyes and see I'm singing for you Roseanne Cash and Roberta Flack. A new friend. A very beautiful new friend. New for you, friend. Roseanne Cash. Thank you, Harry. We're all live here in New York. Uh, Roseanne is here. Roberta is here. Harry is here. Now, and Roberta, uh, you I'd like to take behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> One of the nice things is, is that he wanted to do all the songs that Yoko wrote. And uh, Harry got a real good song. All of you did. And we're going to be hearing that tonight as we're listening here. I 
album Every Man Has a Woman, the LP failed to chart in both the U.S. and the U.K. Your song ends real abruptly there, doesn't it, Sean? <laughs> it just goes, boop. And that's... Coming up in a moment... John and Sean's birthday bash. Lennon releases a new album. This is Verlot. Um, it's the name of the actual chateau we recorded and finished off most of our demos. And Paul and Ringo together again on the big screen. I mean, you don't think Harry would go and do a stupid thing like that, do you? Yes, I do. Next on Yesterday and Today. information or to contact the show visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com also visit at yesterdaypod on twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on facebook see you next time Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen or you could head to society6.com slash Podcast. that's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I family podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. (laughs) Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Thank you.